Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Before I start into the thing we just watched on TV, why does a game that start that starts at two thirty Central Time get done at six oh five Central Time? I love watching college football. I love how long the game is. But I thought about it. Why does a game that starts at two thirty Central Time end around six Central Time? Remember when the college football, you know. Masters changed the rules to have the clock go until two minutes, and then when you get first downs, then it stops the clock because they want less plays to be done and everything else. That didn't limit the time of college football. The games are just as long, if not longer. Oh, have you noticed all the freaking commercials? Like, every single time there was commercials. And there's more commercials than ever before. I cannot stand that at all. Um, that's my first gripe. All right. So, what did we just watch? Purdue whipped Illinois 44-219. Coach Walters gets the win over his former boss and does it in an embarrassing fashion. We're going to try to make sense of it here. Um, If you're here, like and subscribe. Just hit the like button, please, and thanks. It goes a long way. And then find it on Apple and iTunes. Um, We'll just start. Yeah, we get first comment. Having doubts about Brent uh, seems like another pattern of one good year than eight bad ones. Doesn't it? So it's – I always – 
I'm a Bears fan and Illinois fan. And sometimes I feel like I'm watching the same team. You know, I'll watch this one today and then who knows what's going to happen tomorrow for the Bears. It, it, what kind of curse does Illinois have? I know for the Bears, it's the curse of Lovey Smith. They fire Lovey Smith and they haven't been able to do anything until 2018. And then after that, the curse of Lovey Smith returns. I don't know what the curse is for Illinois. You know, that's one thing that Josh Whitman wanted to do was to have sustained success. And like you like you pointed out there, uh, Jay, who made a comment, Illinois will have a good season and then it just kind of drops. And I don't understand, especially when you have NFL caliber defensive linemen. Uh, I thought Luke Altmeyer showed glimpses coming into this game. I know the Penn State game where he looked like he's going to be the quarterback. Now, we all do have to remember that he doesn't – I think he started one game and does not have a lot of snaps. So we are dealing with a quarterback that has not seen the field a lot. We're used to Tommy DeVito, who, if we remember – he played at Syracuse. He had snaps at Syracuse, so he had played meaningful snaps for college football. So him being poised in the pocket, I think Luke Altmaier could throw a quote-unquote better deep ball than Tommy DeVito could. Uh, but ultimately, Tommy DeVito had the poise about him, had seen all the defenses, could understand all those things. And now we're seeing this growing pain. And again, with this transfer portal stuff, to try to bring these guys in and then hopefully it just clicks right away sometimes doesn't work. And we're seeing that with other college football programs. And I think we might be seeing it just a little bit with Illinois. So there's a lot to talk about, but not a lot to talk about here. So if anybody's here, leave a comment and try to be a part of the conversation. I mean, it's the same, same day, same thing. We're going to talk about different game. Um, I don't know. I don't even know where to begin. I mean, you look at the, they were Purdue and Illinois were the same team coming in pretty much. You know, they're they're trying to figure out who they are on defense and offense. They're trying to figure out exactly how they're going to score, how they're going to move the football. And I don't know. Illinois decided to go to this up tempo type thing. I know last year they were a no huddle, but it wasn't like this quick up tempo. Snap the ball pretty quick. This year they're going up-tempo, and a part of me wonders if I start with the offensive side, do they really need to go up-tempo? Can Luke Altmaier really see that? Is going that fast affecting them? Because not all teams necessarily – I mean, look at Purdue. They decided to go fast at times in the second half because they found that was going to affect Illinois. There's some teams I don't think you have to. Now, there's moments you can. You know, let's say you get a big-time play. It's a first down. Say it's a 30-yard play. It's a first down. You want to get up there and run a play? Cool. You know, if it's second and one – and you want to get up there and run a quick play, cool. I don't know if Illinois necessarily needs to continue this up-tempo, fast-paced, Dino Babers type of thing. Because even look at Dino Babers and Syracuse, because I'm going to go off on tangents here. They He came from the Art Bryles coaching tree. Watch Syracuse. They don't go as fast as they used to. They brought in a different offensive coordinator, and now they even slow it down. And look, they were 3-0, 4-0, end up losing to Clemson today. But it started to fit better for that team. So does Illinois really need to be this up-tempo style of play, number one? Number two, I, I'm, I, I'm tired. It's going to be the same argument I have with the Bears. I know Luke Altmaier got sacked five or six times, and people are going to stand there and blame the entire offensive line. 
And what I hate is the announcers do it too, which causes everybody that watches the game to do it too. And the moment I saw one of the, the, the time where he held onto the ball, got tackled, the ball fumbles into the end zone and they get a touchdown. Yes, that's on Luke Altmeyer more than anybody else. Illinois did a full man slide. The running back went to the backside to pick up the, the C-gap defender. We all do it. Lots of high schools do it. We have it in right now as well. And I can't quite remember. It was either Josh McCray let the guy go and he got tackled or they brought an extra guy. They cannot block everybody up front. If you have six guys and they bring seven, somebody's getting through. Luke Altmeyer has the Justin Fields problem where he holds on to the ball way too long and the announcer said that. Then after that, the rest of the game, they talked about how the offensive line cannot pass protect. I personally thought they pass protected the best that they could with the pressures that they were getting and how good Purdue's defensive line was playing. People just need to realize how a pocket works in football. Just because one of the guys starts to get beat pushed up front, if Luke Altemeyer steps opposite where the other guys are probably blocking, because it happened a couple times, steps up, he can throw the football. But what started to happen was he gets happy feet because he knows he can run, which is the Justin Fields conundrum of the NFL, where people are going to blame the entire offensive line or blame offensive line for pockets breaking down. Were some of the sacks on Luke Altmeyer on the offensive line not doing what they needed to do? Absolutely. There was the one where it was a holding call. If the quarterback moves ever so slightly away, because what depending on what type of pocket you have, if you're calling big on big or certain slide protections that churns into a man on man, the 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 linemen think you are right behind them. So this moment you decide to move one way, that defender is looking at the quarterback's feet because that's what they're taught. They're going to move that way, causes the old lineman because they're thinking he's behind them. As soon as they make that quick move, their instinct is just to hold on for dear life instead of letting go. And that's where the hold comes. Luke Altmeyer's pocket presence was not consistent today, which caused a lot of those sacks because he can move. Now, wherever he moves to an open space, does that become an actual pocket? No, but it becomes an extra area of the pocket that can move where he can step up and throw or just throw it away or take off and run where he needs to. He tried to do too much at certain times. He got what I call happy feet for quarterbacks, and that's what caused a lot of those hits. And I hate not having announcers that don't know anything about offensive line. We need announcers just for to, to break down offensive linemen. And I want to put my name in the ring because I cannot stand that part of it. The other part of it, the wide receivers really didn't do much besides Isaiah Williams. And we know he's the guy. We know he's the guy, but sometimes they weren't getting quite open. Now, I know Luke Altmeyer went 16 of 25, 202 yards. He had a passing touchdown late. Uh, he averaged 8.1 yards per completion. Uh, Isaiah Williams had six of those catches for 113 yards. Pat Bryant had three for 40 yards. Casey Washington only had two catches for 19 yards. I mean, we we need more production from that. And then we and, – and like I said, I'm going to be all over the place in this conundrum. Illinois always starts off good. And I don't understand why. And I said that in my pregame an hour before the game started on here. They need to start off hot and they need to continue it. Well, we missed the big play to our tight end who was wide open in the end zone for a touchdown and we settled for a field goal. And then, So if you think about it, you get that play back. We have 19 points. Now you add the seven. We had the other one, I think to Pat Bryant maybe. He's wide open. Uh, went right off the fingers. We didn't get there. 
that was seven points right there. So right there, we just left 14 or 12 points at least on the board with the hopefully two made extra points. There's your 14 points. And then if Luke doesn't fumble that for a touchdown, we're talking about a completely different ball game here. So it's always – my friend Nick Davis, he's the defense coordinator at Ottawa University. He always said when he coaches defense – he talks about the defense. You have to win 10 plays. If you win 10 plays, you're putting yourself in a position to win. And I think that happen, that needs to happen for Illinois, too, like on offense. You've got to win so many plays in order to be successful, and defense has got to win so many plays to be successful. Um, I didn't know. Josh McCray looked okay at times, but other times he didn't. They did not have Reggie Love the third, so they did not have that bruiser combination there and the speedster combination. Um, Josh McCray only had 10 carries for 35 yards, so he wasn't as effective. Um, you know, your new freshman, Caden, he had 11 carries for 35 yards. I like the way he runs. He looks like he can run people over, and he's pretty fast. So if Reggie Love III is not healthy or is a little banged up, I think you're, you, he may need to take a lot more reps than Josh McCray until it's um, third down or, you know, short yardage situations. Um, but then Illinois was oh what oh for nine one for ten on third down. You're not going to win games doing that. Third down was two of thirteen. Two of thirteen on offense. Two of thirteen on third down. You are not going to win football games on offense doing that at all. Um, another comment here. I really don't understand the play calling on both sides of the ball. Um, I I sometimes will question play calling, but I try not to. Do it to the extent of a lot of people because, you know, if you watch the Bears, people do it. I know all over Twitter already they're saying that Lonnie Jr. has to go. I even have people questioning Brent Bielema, so let's just go right to that. I am also sick and tired of Illinois fans thinking that we're Alabama's of the world and we're just going to sit here and say Brent Bielema's not the guy already. Well, you can't sit there the last two years and these last couple games and be all over. And then when something like this happens to say, well, he's got to go. Is he the guy? I, I really don't want to hear that at all. Um, you know, again, who are you going to hire to be better? And that's it's the same song and dance that they had with Brad Underwood. People talk about Brad Underwood firing him. I'm like, what are you talking about? Remember where we came from. And remember, some programs can get turned around like that. And some cannot. And Illinois, I don't think, is one that could just immediately be there. Now, I know last year we were right there. But we're also dealing with a new shuffle-up of O-linemen. We're dealing with a new quarterback. We're dealing with new running backs. Yes, we have the receivers, but they weren't. I told you, I said this. Illinois is some wide receivers away, I thought, from being a decent offense. And we're dealing with a lot of new people on defense. So, I mean... Yeah, you have to coach them, but at the same time, they have to go out and execute as well. And I know coaches take the blame. Lonnie Jr., I didn't see people questioning him when he was at UTSA. Looked pretty good. Uh, I didn't hear people questioning the first year because we were getting it going. I did like We got to just be patient and work with this and just hope that maybe they have a coming-to-Jesus moment. Defensively, I think they're just trying to call everything because – it's hard to play man over and over and over again, especially if you're younger and you haven't done that. Uh, if you're a transfer in, you know, maybe you came from a zone team, but you're talented, so they want you there. So, I mean, defensively, because I've been on all, all over on offense there, defensively, they brought pressure a lot in that first half. I thought the first half they got pressure on uh, Card, their quarterback, and I thought they made a move around. I thought they frustrated him, and I liked it. Um it was the run game. I mean, this is an air raid team in Purdue, and 
especially in that second half, we could not stop the run. We, we just started not to be able to, or they just started to pick us apart. Um, you know, they had 189 total yards of rush offense. I mean, we weren't going to stop them, and I and it was frustrating to watch. And then we stopped getting pressure. Uh, that offensive line for Purdue, the key word here is going to be confidence. They started to be confident. And then our defense just did well, first down and second down. Third down, we couldn't stop a wet paper bag. You know, we couldn't punch our way out of it. Uh, Purdue went 8 of 13. They didn't even have to go on a fourth down. They were 0 for 0, never had to do it. They had 406 total yards, 217 through the air, 189 on the ground. They had 45 rush attempts for an air raid team, which is crazy. 4.2 yards per rush out of that. Um, They didn't turn the ball over. You know, Illinois had the fumble. They did not turn the ball over. So if you think about it, Purdue came out and said, okay, we're going to play complimentary offense and complimentary defense. Um, it's not this 50-50 crap of, oh, we got to pass here and then run here, pass here and run here. Purdue played well, and you have to give them credit. They played well. That offensive line pass protection after they got settled after being bullied around for a little bit started to look really good. Illinois started to get banged up. Some of their defensive linemen went down. Some other guys started to get a little banged up. And we just stopped getting pressure and they started to do a lot of quick stuff, and that guy and their quarterback card started to move around in the pocket a little bit. And did you notice how when his pocket broke down, he would just slide over and make a play? That's what I'm talking about. If you were to go back and rewatch the game, I would love to have the All-2022. Luke Altmaier's got happy feet and wants to take off. Card would just slide and move and make a play. And that's what happens when a pocket breaks down. There's times it's going to break down completely and you're going to get hit. Then there's times that it's not. And so the pocket presence, Fluke Altmaier, just was not there. It was there for card. The run game for Purdue looked amazing. And all. And another thing on these announcers when they blame the offensive line for everything, I wish they knew what actually the run plays were. The time that Purdue scored and he goes, look at the inside zone. No, it's wide zone. I cannot stand that. Watch the offensive linemen. They all took wide steps to the right and ran to the right, and the cutback came off the backside, left guard and left tackle. That's because it's wide zone. I hate when announcers are just like, look at the inside zone. Look at the inside zone. It's like NFL football. It's an RPO when it's really a play action. Watch the offensive linemen. They're going to tell you. Watch the path of the running backs. They're going to tell you from sidecar when they're running that wide zone. He's going this way, and then he makes the cut. That's wide zone. And then a little bit later, they ran that same play in the middle of the field, and he got a big yards for Purdue, and he goes, yep, there's the inside zone again. No, idiot, it's wide zone. And one of those guys played the, played professional ball. I cannot stand that either. You know, just a lot of frustrations. So I don't know where we go from here with this Illinois team because they talk about I'm missing the press conference for Coach Bielma right now so I could hop on and do this and then just go relax and watch other football. But I don't know where they go from here because they talk about how they're trying to figure themselves out on defense, and I understood it. I understand it. You you practice in the summer. You don't really have preseason games like the NFL. It can look good in practice. It can look good against practice squad players. It might even look good against your number ones if you do that from time to time. They got to really sit down on defense and figure out something that they're really, really, really good at and just stick with those things. You know, I know they probably want to play a lot of man like they have been when Coach Walters was there. And you saw Purdue trying to do the same thing today. If you were paying attention to their defense, they're trying to mix up their zone and man, he really wants to play man. 
And I think and Illinois feels like they could do that because of the pressure. But what's different about the defense this year compared to last year, and I hate comparing it to last year, is if we didn't get pressure last year, we had good enough and experienced enough defensive backs that could play man for a while or get themselves in really good positions as well. This year, we're dealing with younger defensive backs. We're dealing with new ones. They're getting banged up. So if we don't create pressure up front and you're calling a man defense behind it, and they've got to do it for six seconds. They're getting open, and that's what was happening when when Purdue's quarterback was moving in the pocket like he's supposed to and Slyra he was supposed to, and that man defense broke down. That's what was happening because they're getting tired up front because they wouldn't get off the field. They were getting tired. Purdue had the ball for 31 minutes. They were getting tired up front just over and over and over in this long, sustained drives. And then Illinois cannot get out of its own way. The penalties have been killing Illinois all year. Nine penalties for 83 yards. There was a late hit. There was the pass interference. There was a defensive holding. Like It was just piling up, piling up. There was an offensive hold. There was a false start. And, and those started to kill us in horrible situations. And, and that's been brought up by Coach Bielma in the past, you know, before this game, talking about the penalties and they've got to clean it up and, and everything else. But, I mean... You know, it's really frustrating just because of how the season went last year, and this is just Illinois all over again where we get our hopes up and then it just kind of, we come back down to earth a little bit. And us as fans can be very frustrated, but let's not go into the craziness of firing Coach Bielma. Let's not go into firing people because that's not going to be the answer. You know, that that's not going to solve anything. I know people, that's the first thing they want to do is say, is he the guy? Is this guy the guy? Is Whitman the guy? We have to stop and look at the big picture, and especially because I know we're 2-3, and three, but there's still a lot of season left, and the West is still completely wide open. Now, what they could start to look at, which I thought they were going to do, and maybe they did, we're not in there, I don't want to you know, really criticize play calling. I don't want to criticize things they're doing in practice because we are not there. They need to go to church and they need to have a coming to Jesus moment and they need to sit down and just say, is this guy not cutting it? Is this guy not cutting it? It's time to put somebody else in because we just don't have time. And that could be Luke Altmeyer as well. They could look at it and say, you know what? Yeah, he brings a lot to the table. Not saying it's going to happen the next game, but later on in the season, these things continue to happen. You're going to start seeing guys get moved around. You're going to start seeing them on the sideline. You're going to start seeing different guys out there because, like Bielma said before, that he's here to win. He's not here to go 8-5 and five or 8-4 and four or whatever it is. He's not here to do that. He wants to compete for Big Ten titles. He wants to compete to do all that stuff. And right now, it's just not looking that way. Um, I think at times they're playing hard, but the, the penalties come at the worst times. Defense can't stop people on third down. Um does he take more of a reign of defensive stuff? You know, I don't know. There's a lot of things. and I think they're going to go back to Champaign and say everything is absolutely on the table for absolutely everything. And I'm not talking about Whitman saying I'm going to fire people because that's not the right answer here. You know, even part of me with the Bears saying fire people right now, I don't know if that's the right thing either. Firing people here for Illinois is not going to be the answer. You know, they really have to – I think they just have to you know, say, you know what, we would love to be this up-tempo team. Maybe that's not the right thing for a young quarterback. Maybe that's not the right thing for how the offensive line's playing. I'm not saying they huddle up, 
but they can be a no huddle and do those type of things. On defense, maybe they just have to accept, hey, we can't play man. We have to play zone the majority of the time. Maybe we play match zone. Maybe we can play zone blitzes. Maybe we can start to dis- – I'm really big in the defense disguising a lot, like out-formationing the offense with your defense and just moving people around. I'm really all about that. Um, they just got to start – they just got to have to sit there, have a come-to-Jesus moment, reevaluate everything, and just say, screw it. Let's just play for our lives, coach for our lives right now. Whatever playbook we have to make it simple and open it up there to make it simple, they just got to go. Um, you know, offensively, maybe they just have to stick with Luke Altamar having short passes, get some new screen games going, roll out short passes, play action, all that stuff. Sounds like I'm talking about the Bears right now, which is just more frustrating as a fan. Sometimes I wonder why we're fans of, of certain teams, but I still love my Illini and still love my Bears. Um, those type of things. So just though I, I think that's what they have to do. Again, we're not in the meeting rooms. We're not at practice. Who knows? Um, just very frustrating game here to watch because it was just every time Illinois was in a spot to do something, we could we just couldn't do it. We just we just peed down our leg and something would happen. Purdue looked more poised, and you really wanted this win for Coach Bielema. I like Coach Walters. I respect him. But you really wanted this for Coach Bielema because of him leaving and going to this place. There was no ill will towards it, but they got to start making changes. I, I think there's not coaching changes, not firing people. Maybe they maybe maybe they're not a three four defense. Maybe they got to put. Maybe they're a four two five. Maybe offensively again they're not an up tempo team. Maybe they're not these certain pass route concepts. Maybe they're they're a play action RPO team and that's it. Uh, they got to figure out the running back thing. I think that I, I don't know. I don't really don't have the answers. Uh, but I'm not saying to fire people. So I I don't know. It's a frustrating time for Illinois fans. And again, it doesn't get any easier when you look at Illinois schedule. the The way they can get back on track, I thought it could have been Purdue because of how they've been playing. Nebraska is next. So you'd like to sit here and say, yeah, that's that's the team that you can get back on track because of how they're playing. They're, just, they're getting they got losing they were losing pretty bad to Michigan and everything. But maybe Nebraska is saying the same thing. Hey, we'll get back on track uh, against Illinois. So and then Maryland, who's been playing well, Wisconsin has a little bit of a resurgence. Minnesota's a toss up. <sighs> Depend how we're playing. I don't know how we'll look against Indiana. Then we're at Iowa, which is a tough place to play. And then Northwestern's got nothing to lose with all the crap going on there. So Illinois has got to figure it out, and it's got to get back on track versus Nebraska. But oh, it's a hard time to be an Illinois fan. Um, that, that, that wraps it up for me. Uh, just just a lot of different things uh, there. Frustrating times for Illinois fans. Hopefully they have the coming to Jesus moment and get it fixed sooner rather than later. Um Thank anybody for watching and or listening. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, follow it and rate on Apple and iTunes. Leave comments in the comment section down below. Um, check out all the other videos. There's something out there for everybody. Um, follow at Coach underscore Steve72 on Twitter slash X uh, and everything else. Uh, there's a Facebook page too, the Coach Steve Show. There's a group there too. Do that. Um so thank you, thank you, thank you everybody for watching and or listening. This is Coach Steve. We will see you guys next time.